welcome to the Serial Serial, the AV Club's podcast about a podcast. Each week, a few Onion Ink staffers will be talking about an episode of S-Town, the new-ish podcast from the teams behind Serial and This American Life. I'm AV Club senior editor Mara Eakin, joined this week from two members of the Onion Inc. social media team, our superstars Ryan Chaddock, who you've heard from earlier this season. Hello. And Meg Brett. Hey. Hi, guys. Are you ready to tackle the last and seventh episode of S-Town? Oh, we're so ready. <laughs> <laughs> so ready. We're born ready. Uh, what did you guys think of episode seven? Was it a satisfying wrap-up to the season? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if there's an immediate uh, yes or no answer to that. We've been discussing this for much of today, and there were parts of it that I think definitely tied it in a bow as far as uh, explaining, like, the suicide letter, and it talks a lot about, you know, the symbolism of clocks is throughout the whole series, but is very heavy in yeah. this. At the same time... I think there were parts of it that kind of, they felt shoehorned in at the very end. And I'm sure we'll get into this later, but the whole mercury poisoning, while that may be the reason for his depression, it kind of felt like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it just felt shoehorned in. Yeah, it felt like, mm. uh, I don't want to say wishful thinking, but like um, like an explanation. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they tried to tie it up. Mm-hmm. They were like, well, what if he had mercury poisoning? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that all yeah. make sense? You know? I mean, it it almost seemed written in a way. Like, it, it seemed like, like a piece of fiction. Mm-hmm. As if he was trying to give the audience uh, a tidy answer. And throughout the rest of the series, there weren't tidy answers. I don't know why he felt he needed to do that with the very end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I no, I, I completely agree with you. But it was very weird to me how they did that they tidied it up tidied it up at the end like you said and then did this kind of 30 second like history of uh His, like ancestry of john, of yeah. john like <laughs> john's mom john's great-grandparents it was very it seemed very strange to me well and it it didn't really relate to the other themes that were brought up right in the rest of the episode and the series his great-grandfather was a th- uh, or a gangster, I think yeah. is the word they used. Mm-hmm. And then later John was born. And I didn't understand, like, oh, why did we take this interesting path down his history and now it's the end of the show? Yep. I mean, it is interesting, but, like, that's not... You didn't really talk about how his ancestry or his heritage came to make him who he was. Mm-hmm. To, not really. So... Like, oh, his dad died. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, wait, he had a, I mean, obviously he had a dad, but like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Well, as he started, as uh, Brian Reed started going into the ancestry, I was kind of hoping that there would be some sort of uh, clues or it would shed some light as to uh, John's uh, personality or something about his depression or just kind of reveal something but it didn't, in mm-hmm. my opinion. It just sort of, just kind of left it there, and it was it wasn't really tied to anything else. Well, related to that, or semi-related, what did you guys think about the conversation that Brian had with Cheryl Dodson, the one-time town clerk, about how uh, John used to love Woodstock? Apparently, shocker. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that didn't really surprise me that he used to love Woodstock. Like, I think he just became quote-unquote a word we've heard a lot in the past year disenfranchised with um 
with the town, with uh, what he perceived to be a lot of corruption going on. Um, but I think it was probably just a normal amount of corruption. Like, we're in Chicago. Political corruption happens <laughs> here all the time. Um, yeah, but small towns maybe worse. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I think seeing that and also it, they seem to kind of tell the story that he was maybe in love with Cheryl and then she got married. Yeah. So, or in love with the concept right, of her. Right, the idea of her. That was definitely a theme that popped up over and over again. And uh, Brian mentioned this specifically in this episode where um, John would develop a friendship, maybe a Mm -hmm. crush on someone. And if they ended up finding a boyfriend or girlfriend or getting married, he would feel very jealous and burned by them and this pattern repeated itself and, and turned I, into a dick frankly oh, oh no yeah, he yeah. totally turned into a yeah. dick <laughs> and i sued him and then yeah but then mm-hmm. expected to still hang out with them like and would invite her over and see her out in the town yeah and she would just be like john you sued me i'm not gonna <laughs> hang out with you that's what, weird what, what i thought was interesting when uh brian was talking about john's uh history with the town is Part of the town exists quite literally because of John and his property. Mm -hmm. And they said when the town annexed uh, John's property, it grew the boundaries. So it's partly there because of because of him, not in a I, you know, I volunteered for the city, but his actual uh, property. He agreed to be annexed or whatever. Um, Speaking of that property, the biggest bummer to me. Uh, I would say maybe in this whole podcast, and this is like as a thing that is personal uh, to me, is that Kendall Burt bought Ugh. John's land. When I when I heard that, when I was like waiting for the bus, the first first listen through, I was just like, ugh. I was mm-hmm. like texting people, like texting my husband, like, ah, um, like uh, that they bought the land and they're not going to do anything with it, but probably harvest the lumber. Yep. Oh, he's such a cartoon villain. I know, right? Yeah. He's like, uh, it sounds good, but I don't want to put any money in it. Yeah. He's like such a Trump dick. Oh, like, yeah. And oh, he said, yeah. you're probably disappointed by the election. And yeah. thought, Immediately bringing that up. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. This has nothing to do with it's anything. Not, I would strip mine the land if I could. Like mm-hmm. that kind of like yeah. like curly mustache, but not like that's an old timey reference. <laughs> but also, John, I mean, it makes sense, I guess, because John believed, you know, John had this idea that nothing good will last or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and that is just reinforced with that, I suppose, <laughs> in mm-hmm. a terrible way. It seems like you were disgusted by it, Meg. Yeah, I immediately when the first thing he says after being questioned, like, oh, your name also has the uh, the initials of the KKK. Um, <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? And the first thing he says is, oh, you must be one of those liberals that we upset in this election. I was just like, oh, come on, dude. That's... Yeah. Well, I'm fine with it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like you. of course you're fine with it. <laughs> I mean, of course he is, but it's also, I don't know. I don't know, Kendall Burt. They didn't put this part of the quote in, but where Brian's like, he's fine with the name. Like, to me, that doesn't say, and he's not fine with the clan. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <Right>. Like, <laughs> it just says, yeah. you doesn't have a problem with the name, so... Right. Ryan and I were talking about this uh earlier this week actually how it seemed like they um there was a lot of racist comments being made uh throughout this podcast and they just kind of glided over it and didn't really talk more about it it was just like yep that's a bad thing that someone said there's an article that i saw that i haven't read so here's here we go i'll try to (laughs) i'll try to link to it in the in the post where we post this podcast uh 
but it's basically about how uh, minorities don't like uh, a town as much as non-minorities because hmm. they feel like they're not represented in that podcast or and or they hear comments like that and are like, wait a minute, this <laughs> yeah. is coloring my experience of this podcast. And there's a whole bunch of back stuff in the story, like the town is mostly white, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, that are not represented there. Well, and as Brian kind of builds up uh, John as a sort of like tragic hero, he then happens to mention, oh, John used to be racist years ago, but he isn't anymore. And then other people uh, commented on that. Well, depending on who who you are, and it just yeah. it felt very uh, uncomfortable to just kind of like drop this bomb, just you know, in the middle of this, and to walk away and not return to this. I felt like there needed to be more said about it. Yeah, I agree. Um, speaking of more things being said, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Guys, uh, over that break, maybe we made some advertising money. Who knows? Speaking of money, did Tyler find the gold? That's the big question, right? Because he made Brian turn off his mic. He told him something ostensibly, maybe off the record. What did he tell him? (laughs) It's certainly presented that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't really have much to go off of beside the fact that, you know, they turn off the camera and Brian doesn't return to it again. But it, I, it's cer- I'm certainly under the impression that something was found. Yes. It's weird because Brian basically says to him repeatedly, if you tell me this, I have to report it. And then Tyler goes, well, what about if I do it when you're not recording? You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's, I don't see why that makes any difference unless he specifically said, I guess, off the record. But it still feels a little ethically dubious, I'll say. Am I... Uh, in the minority for kind of not caring about whether gold was found or not? I don't really care. I mean, they kind of just drop it. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. there's this whole, the big question. Uh, do I think Tyler, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's he seems to be getting attention. He is up for a bunch of felony charges. Uh, if he found $10,000 worth of gold and is using it to pay for his lawyers, it's fine with me. As far as I'm concerned, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you <laughs> hope he finds it? If he hasn't found it already. Um, I'd rather be him than Kendall Burt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe Rita, I guess. She seems okay. The more you get to know her, I guess. Mm-hmm. She could use it to pay for Mary Grace's stuff. But fuck Kendall Burt, no. I don't want <laughs> yeah. that guy to find it. Yeah. He would just donate it to some horrible politician. Yeah. I mean, Tyler has, what, three kids to take care of, mm-hmm. too? So. A fourth on the way. Oh, that's right. right? Yeah. Good for so. him. Fourth was third lady. So hopefully... He's really young. Have you seen pictures of him online? Yeah, Yeah. he looks very young. Mm -hmm. He's kind of cool looking in a weird way. (laughs) Like, I don't know how to... (laughs) Well, no wonder John uh, wanted to be friends with him. Yeah, he looks kind of cool. And related to Tyler, I guess, uh, what did you guys think of all of the stuff about John's tattoos? And have you seen a picture of the tattoo? Uh, No, on purpose. Oh my God, (laughs) it's so crazy. Kind of afraid to. 
It is nuts. It is uh, it is more than you had ever expected if you listen to the podcast and haven't seen a picture of it. I recommend Googling it. It is crazy. Hmm. Why have you been avoiding it on purpose? Oh, it, just when they were discussing, you know, re-piercing his mm-hmm. nipple over and over and mm-hmm. giving him tattoos with an empty needle, I, it just sounded like the kind of scar scarring that I just don't need to see yeah. in my life. I, I tend to be kind of like sensitive around like needles and gore and his I, back looks like steak. Kind I, of like no nope. not not like oh um God. not like chewed up wise, mm-hmm. but like the tattooing is all like red and kind of streaky. So it yeah. looks uh Yeah, no that sounds terrible. It's really <laughs> yeah, gross. I agree. Don't Listen, need to see just that. listening to it kind of made my skin curl. Mm-hmm. Uh so I don't know if I want to look at it it's nuts guys it's really crazy um and the pictures i've seen online like it doesn't look like he has it on his front it's just his back but it is like it is like solid <laughs> like oh, that's God. the other thing it's his whole back and you cannot see an inch of skin through it like at all there's again, no space yeah again john being very contradictory saying things early mm-hmm. on about thinking tattoos are gross and how you shouldn't have them on your body and then getting a whole bunch to of them. To the furthest extreme yeah. that you can go. But they sort of talk about that in this episode, right? Like they, yeah. they make this analogy about it being an elaborate form of cutting, sort of while I'm getting pierced, I'm mm-hmm. not thinking about other things. I'm not doing other things. I thought that was an interesting analogy and an interesting way to sort of think about it. Um, I did not realize, and I don't think anybody did until this episode, how intense it had gotten uh, and how Tyler even, it sounded like, was getting frustrated with it. Yeah, I mean... If I were Tyler, I probably would be too. Like this mm-hmm. guy's calling you over to come over all of the time to either re-pierce his nipples or redo tattoos that are already on his body. Mm-hmm. Um, and like we said before, Tyler has three kids to take care of, so I'm sure he's probably a very busy guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess he's probably getting paid, but still, like at some point, it's like I've already done these tattoos a hundred times, like. It's not uh, satisfying, I guess, fulfilling. Why do you think that John didn't tell Brian the full truth about, you know, church and that he had to find it out from Tyler? Do you think it's because John was ashamed of what he was doing? Because he gave him kind of a a watered down Mm -hmm. family friendly version of we you know, we drink and talk about life and family-friendly version of getting drunk. <laughs> well, to, uh, church. No, yeah, communion yeah. and yeah, um, and using all of this like religious symbolism and you know, leaving out the small fact that he was getting his back ripped to shreds. I mean, I think there's probably two, you know, what they say like there's two sides to the story, and then there's like the right side or whatever the the actual facts. Um, maybe John believed that. Maybe he was lying a little bit. Maybe Tyler's being very extreme about it. Uh, who knows? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know. Yeah. I, <laughs> also, I, I mean, there's also it. if that if if that was John's uh, twisted therapy, maybe he just didn't want to reveal it. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like maybe he didn't want to say, and here's what we do and I'll tell you why I do it. Do you know what I mean? Because maybe he didn't even know, I guess. Yeah, that that makes sense. I, I, I wondered that because it, it felt very deliberate like it it wasn't a small thing that he neglected to leave out it was it was a choice to not tell brian Mm -hmm. yeah i mean he seemed pretty open about most things in his life um but maybe this is one of the things he 
wanted to keep private, uh, but clearly is not, um, which I guess is why a lot of people had issues with this podcast in general. Yeah. Are you talking about how, you know, he wanted to keep something private and then he died and so all these things are not private anymore? Right. Interesting. Talk more about that, Meg. Yeah, I just, uh, I I have been reading a lot about it and talking with a lot of friends about it. um, And I, at first listen, I I enjoyed the podcast. Uh, It's very difficult to listen to once you realize what happens. (laughs) Um, And I imagine, you know, people who are you know, who suffer from depression or have uh, people who are close to them that have committed suicide or attempted suicide, Um, that this would probably be a pretty difficult thing to listen to. Um, Probably. And there have been a lot of talks about this exploiting John and exploiting the people in uh, Woodstock, which um, I read something in The Atlantic, actually, that uh, was talking a lot about this and how um, people from that town, a lot of them don't necessarily feel exploited uh, because they think, you know, John B. was an extremely smart guy. Mm-hmm. He uh, he was probably smarter than some of the producers and knew everything that was going to happen. Um, up into, but I think that only goes up until a certain point. Mm-hmm. Well, it 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 goes only to his death, and right. I think you can have, you know, th- this master plan, but. You know, once he dies, he does. I I don't think he planned for the mess that he was going to leave. Well, here's my question, and I don't know if I 100% believe this question or you know what what it is. But um, does that mean that the only person that could tell John's story is John? Uh, pro- probably. I don't. I don't know. That's that, that's a very good question. Um, because but even he's coming into it with like yeah. some, yeah. you know, yeah. hate, some veil there or whatever. We're we're definitely getting the public radio sanitized version through Brian's narration. I mean, he's he's taking this wild jumble of a story and definitely, you know, putting the public radio uh, a package on it, and that's that's a very specific point of view and a very specific narration and I don't think um, John would tell it the same way that Brian would tell it for Probably obvious not, reasons. Probably not, no. I would like to listen to John's version. Mm-hmm. Give that guy a podcast. Or, I mean, you know, posthumously, but mm-hmm. yeah. Great voice for a podcast. <laughs> I know, I would love it. Um, do you have more mercury poisoning talk? Got anything else you want to get out about mercury poisoning? Mad Adder's disease? Do you think he had it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, for sure. Spontaneous vomiting? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no. In a large brain? Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind that he had some mercury poisoning. I think it's also they put it in there, I will say. I think sexy is not the right word, but it's like Mm, one of those diseases you hear about. They're like, what's this old time disease? (laughs) You know what I mean? What's this plight of the, you know, our forefathers? So I think that's sort of in there too. I I don't mind. I don't mind that he had it. That's not what I mean. I don't mind that that fact was revealed. The assertion, yeah. Yeah, an assertion in the show. But I think I do take issue with the fact that it was inserted in like the last five mm-hmm. or ten minutes of the show because right. that felt deliberately manipulative. Mm-hmm. They had this information and then they withheld it for six and a half episodes and then. Here's why we think he was crazy or depressed mm-hmm. or whatever. And 
I would have liked that earlier in the show because then I could have uh, listened to him talk about his depression mm-hmm. with this information. I would also really like to know how hard Brian tried to get Kendall Burt to let him test the workshop. Mm-hmm. He said he called and emailed a couple of times. I want it to happen. Like, yeah. let's get the follow-up report. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that Kendall Bird is probably like, eh, no, because how will I ever sell timber that's on the slander? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, no, I'm sure that's exactly Yeah, damn what... environmentalists. Yeah. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Oh, he's in with yeah. the mercury poisoning. But yeah. Also, John talked himself so much about climate change and how we need to protect the environment during which he, this entire time, was releasing during, toxic fumes yeah, into, for, into the air and into his own body. Um, yeah, was he carbon offsetting? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, he was one of those people, and I and I think we've, you know, established this so many times where he liked the idea of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being right. He liked the idea of worrying about the environment and worrying about the town, but in reality, not giving a shit about it. <laughs> and he liked the idea of preparing for his death, and he liked the idea of having a will, when in reality, he didn't prepare for it either. <laughs> Uh, but he had a manifesto about how to live a worthwhile life. Yeah, and that's definitely right. a legal document. So. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, he seemed so detail-oriented in all of his work that he was doing, but very scattered in his actual yeah. life. Well, Aren't it, we all? <laughs> yes. To be fair. Like, I, I am definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I like uh, what Brian pointed out about this uh, manifesto about a worth about a worthwhile life defined and he said he doesn't actually john doesn't actually offer any advice on how to live a life <laughs> he just says like you would have 40 he says you have about twenty-five thousand days alive and you'd have 4500 waking days of beneficial time mm-hmm. but that's i mean i could have figured that out with a calculator <laughs> right that doesn't give me any advice but that's kind of how uh john lived his life i guess well brian does assert that he thinks Within, uh, you know, John's shorter window of time, because that was like for a 65-year-old or whatever, uh, that that John did live a worthwhile life, though. Whatever that, however that is defined, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I mean, throughout the podcast, it seemed like John would define that. And I think they talked about this in the podcast, but maybe not, um, as building something Mm-hmm. that lasts longer than you, I guess, because it seemed like he was constantly working on projects, whether that's clocks, whether that's helping build the town of Woodstock mm-hmm. that he ended up hating, um, or whether that's working with Tyler. Um, it seemed like he was constantly trying to build something, or the maze. Um, well, that's that's <laughs> fucked. Yeah. Apparently, some people are trying to raise money to save it, which is like, yeah, raise money to give it to the guy right. that, yeah, <laughs> saves it, whatever. Um, I did think it was interesting that in John's suicide letter, he he lists all of like 
the books he's read and mm-hmm. the hobbies he's taken and the subjects he studied. And he, and I, and I don't remember the term, but basically says something along the lines of, I've lived a good life. And I thought, this isn't the letter coming from someone committing suicide. This is a letter from someone who's retiring from mm-hmm. or like a company or moving or something. Yeah. It just seemed very, uh, very satisfied in a strange way it didn't seem like it was coming from a place of desperation it was just like these are the things that i've accomplished in my life yeah maybe he was trying to convince himself do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. if he was depressed and anxious and all of those things um there is something to be said i guess uh maybe part of his worthwhile life uh was making this podcast for us to enjoy not necessarily just as a podcast but as a thinking sort of how am I impacting the world? How am I doing this and that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there is that brief part in um, the final episode uh, where he kind of is jokingly asking Brian Reed, like, oh, are you going to go on and forget about me? And Brian mm-hmm. laughs and is like, oh, John, there's no way I'm ever going to forget about you. <laughs> yeah. How are we impacting the people around us and so on? Our listeners to our podcast. <laughs> I feel like I'm in Sunday school. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I didn't go to school. So. I, I should teach it. Is did what you're when saying. I was six. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you guys have any overall thoughts about the show? Did you like it? Have you liked it more or less since you first started listening to it? Anything like that? I uh, like John. <laughs> My answer is complicated. <laughs> oh. And. Uh, probably uh, changes as as time goes on. Um, I liked the overall, I I liked what the overall show was saying. I really liked the idea of thinking about clocks and um, when uh, Brian was talking to one of John's friends, I don't remember if it was Tom Moore or who, but he said the allure of clocks is the measure of, uh, what he liked about clocks is the measure of time had something to do with me Mm -hmm. and thought about like, uh, John's tattoo where it says each minute wounds and the last minute kills and the whole theme of the show being we're all going to die someday so make the most of your time I really liked that mm-hmm. that's always I, a good message to be reminded yes. of having said sad but yeah it, 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 it is sad but I you know I feel like I waste so much time Don't like I am on this <laughs> yeah. episode right now what I didn't like about it is uh, these aren't characters I would want to live with on a weekly basis. Fair enough. I think that this show uh, suffered like serial seasons one and two of not having, I think it's really, really hard to 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 convince people that we don't need a satisfying ending. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So when we finish those episodes or those podcasts or the this and that, we're like, yeah, but like, did they find the gold? Like, did he have mercury? Like, uh, are we saving the land? Like, that I think it's really hard to, to. We still need convincing, I guess, that uh, you know, there's not nothing's wrapped up in a bow ever. Unfortunately, ourselves included. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, that's, that's depressing. <laughs> sorry, make a will. I guess is what the advice is. Yeah, as I mean, as is this podcast. It was pretty sad and <laughs> <laughs> like. I, to be honest, yeah, I uh, my first listen through, I, I binge listened it. Didn't uh, we all? Yeah, mm-hmm. 
which was an interesting choice. Uh, I think scenario. I also liked it more than. Do you know what I mean? Like because oh, yeah. I binged it and I was like, "What's gonna happen? Episode four, episode five. That's true. I even though serial and this are completely different, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't want to compare them, but I am going to even <laughs> after just saying that. I think I liked serial a little bit better. Season one, season two, season one. Not season, say, two. season two. No, like... no one, no one likes no, season no, two. No. Um, I didn't finish sorry. season two. Um, no, but I, uh, I, I did, I did like S Town though. Um, it was like I, I cried during it. Mm-hmm. I, I laughed during it. It was a very, it was an emotional roller coaster. Um, but overall, I, I did really like it. I thought it was fantastic storytelling. Um, and I am a sucker for good storytelling. Uh, and I think Brian Reed did well. I think there are definitely some things he could have done better and kind of delve more into. Um, but, you know, he probably only had a certain amount of time and budget. To I was do thinking this. about that. Do you know, uh, I, I think he had like a couple, like he was working on this, I don't know, if on his own dime or whatever for a couple of years or not on his own dime. Who knows? Um, but if he had spent. 10 years working on do you know what i mean like something like that like that might be very interesting Mm -hmm. and that but also you know this is not podcasting is it's radio but it's a new variety (laughs) of radio. so maybe in 10 5 10 years we'll hear some really amazing projects that people have been working on for years i i think probably among the biggest differences between like this and serial season one is this is a very good show to kind of let it wash over you and just kind of get lost in the story mm-hmm. and not keep track of whether you're on episode one or four. You just kind of listen to it and get lost in the emotions. Whereas with Serial Season 1, I took notes with that sometimes. And, you know, <laughs> that the Best Buy with the phone booth and it's over here and the history <laughs> and the timeline. And, I mean, it, it's it's a very different beast. And I that yeah. I did appreciate about this. I think people got really into, like, the true crime aspect of that, too. Which this wasn't at all. No, not really. Um, Guys, thank you for being here and helping me wrap up the season of the Serial Serial. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) And thanks so much, everyone at home, for listening. Uh, I'm your host, Mara Eakin, and I've been joined, as I said, by Meg Brett and Ryan Shattuck. This episode was produced by Stephen Holliger and by our executive director of audio, Mandana Mofidi. It was edited by Chiquita Pascal. Our theme song is by The Hood Internet, and this episode was mixed by Elijah Amaton. Hey, if you have a question you want to send us, off-season, I guess, you can email it to us at serialserial at avclub.com, or you can post a tweet using the hashtag serialserial, though I can't promise I'll check it all that often now that we're not doing this. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Panoply, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, wherever you get your podcasts. And we will see you all whenever, uh, you know, there's another serial project. But So don't delete us from your iTunes is what we're saying. Uh, thanks guys so much and have a nice day. Bye. Bye. Uh. <laughs>